For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. G-L-E-S Eagles Welcome back to another edition of Football 24-7. I'm your guy, Tone DeShields II, and I'm here with my man, John McMullen, our Eagles insider for yeah. Jacob Sports. Before we get too deep into the content, you guys know where I'm going with this. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys stay engaged in the content, and also make sure you guys subscribe to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. And if you want more, from John McMullen. If you want more of his writing, more of his articles, more of his insight, go check him out on jkibsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. And also you can check him out on si.com as well. He does a great job covering Philadelphia Eagles on Eagles Today Fan Nation. So, John, how are you feeling this evening, my man? <clears throat> doing well, doing well. Uh, yeah. In the grind. In the in – the, I, I don't know if you can call it the dog days of training camp, but that's, you know. The dog days. <laughs> Those days are long going. This is your uh, favorite time of year, I assume. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's always exciting when football gets going. The Eagles will, by the way, practice at uh, Lincoln Financial Field tomorrow. So that, you know, when new things, new players today, that's, you know, Miles Jack, Zach Cunningham, Josh Sills is back, Josh Andrews is back, uh, Johnny King, wide receiver. It's uh Gives it a little bit of oomph when you have some new faces uh, to talk to. Yeah, for sure. As a matter of fact, you mentioned one of the new faces, uh, Johnny King. Um, you know, can you provide any insight on, uh, you know, why he's here, uh, what the Philadelphia Eagles' plans are in terms of that wide receiver room beyond uh, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith? Um, you know, I was looking at some of his uh, some of his measurables. Uh, the dude seems like a, a physical specimen. Yeah, a big dude. He's a big dude. Six five about 210 um undrafted rookie was with indianapolis and they waived him the eagles uh signed him um you know i i that's what you do you you churn the back end of the roster um and you try to find players i you know he's definitely a long shot um uh coming in late uh 
But you never know. You might make it onto the practice squad because of those physical traits and, and be something down the road. But, you know, one thing I see a theme with the Eagles at the back end of the roster, you mentioned uh, how big King is. Six by Tyree Cleveland, six two, two ten. Uh, Joseph Nada, six three, almost two twenty. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood is is six two, two ten, two fifteen in that range. A lot of size on the on the back of the depth chart. Maybe they're trying to replicate what they lost in Zach Pascal. That's a guy we don't talk about a lot, but. Um, he was a role player, but it was a role that was a nice luxury for Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni would talk about him all the time. He talked about him before he got here, Zach Pascal. Um, loved him. And maybe they're trying to find that sort of big um, receiver that is willing to do the dirty work uh, because it's 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 a luxury you know you're like it's not a big deal when you don't have it you're not concerned but it's nice when you do have it you know he was pff graded him the second best blocking wide receiver in football last year so wow you know it's not something you think about a lot until you have it and you say oh, that's pretty nice that's pretty nice to have yeah, you think about the way the Philadelphia Eagles utilize their wide receivers uh, in the run game. You 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 have to know how to block to play for the Philadelphia Eagles, even if you're a wide receiver. You know, a guy that doesn't get that much credit for his blocking tendencies are uh, is this, is Devontae Smith. You know, he's not he's not the biggest guy, and uh, his blocking isn't always pretty, but he always seems to be on the right side of things, and he always seems to ma- manage to get guys into the end zone. Yeah, I mean, Devontae's really, really physical for uh, as physical as you can be for being 166 pounds and, right. you know, basically standing on toothpicks. That's the one thing that uh, stands out about Devontae Smith. You you see him and you say, well, that's a, you know, that's a finesse guy. But, you know, he's not afraid to stick his nose into it. But, you know, you also got to be realistic. Uh, you're not going to have him. There's that famous, they were at the goal line once. There's probably that famous picture everyone has saw where they had Devontae Smith lined up in line as sort of a tight end right next to Jordan Mailata. <laughs> quite the contrast. Quite Absolutely. Quite the contrast, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, let's let, let's get into this injury, injury report, right? You know, some movement. Uh, Devin Allen appears to be back. Uh, can you provide us with an update, a full update on that injury report? Yeah, Devin Allen uh, was activated off the non-football injury list. He hurt his calf uh, running in, in the World Championships. Uh, obviously, he's an Olympic hurdler, for those who don't know. Um, and he hurt his calf before training camp. So he's back uh, in a limited fashion. He didn't, he wasn't a full go. Uh, James Bradbury also back in a limited fashion from his uh, groin injury, but not working in team drills or seven on sevens, just did individual work. Uh, Nicobe Dean still out with that ankle injury, but he was working off to the side. He, he, it looks like he's close to returning. 
Um, certainly not going to play, obviously, in the preseason game, but he probably wouldn't have played even if he was healthy, to be honest. But Hold on, really quickly, why why is that the case? Because N'Kobe Dean out of all the players that were on the, on the injury report fascinated to me the most um, because this ankle injury at first appeared to be something pretty minor, and you know, he's been out for, I believe, his third or fourth practice. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but – um, why do you think he wouldn't have played regardless if he was healthy? And, and again, I, I know that's just maybe your educated opinion, but why do you think that's the case, even if he was healthy? Well, the Eagles don't play their key players. I mean, they don't. They, but, does, you know, but doesn't he need the reps, John? I mean, he, he's he's a guy who only played 34 snaps last season. Wouldn't you say he needs as many uh, live reps as possible? Well, he'll get plenty of live reps in the practices against Cleveland and Indianapolis. That's where the Eagles get their work done for their starters uh, in those practices, in the games. I think, you know, the starters played a little bit last year, and I forget. It, it all runs together preseason, but <laughs> they don't they don't value these games at all, at all for the, for the starters. You know, couple of years ago, we were saying that about Jalen Hurts. And I joked they were treating him like a 10-year veteran. And you were saying, well, he needs – remember, this is Jalen Hurts who started a couple games at the end of his rookie season when Carson um, um, got benched and, and didn't look good and saying, well, he needs all his reps. And the Eagles are like, no, he doesn't. No, they're not – they're not meaningful. So – same thing with Nicobe. Yeah. He he's one of their key players, so he's not going to play a lot in the preseason. That's just their philosophy. Um <clears throat> preseason is for the other guys. Um, you know, the preseason's for Johnny King to show up. That's that's who the preseason's for. Tanner McKee, Joseph Nada. I joke the uh you know. The Ravens have the the greatest streak in in current pro sports, twenty three consecutive preseason wins, which is amazing. I'm not even joking. It is amazing. I never thought um, we'll have the word amazing and preseason in the same. Yeah, sentence. because it's just so random and so weird to have all these. You know, many of these players who are not going to be in the NFL, yet you still find ways to continue to win every single preseason game. Usually, you know, like the Jets, if you watch the Hall of Fame game and nobody started. There's an example. Cleveland sat 37 players. Um, the Jets were in the 30s as well. I don't know the exact number. I mean, that's the way the league is going. I, I, I guess from my perspective, and you're, and you're right, the league is definitely trending that way, especially with these coaches valuing the, uh, the joint practices more than the preseason games now. But is it possible for a joint practice to truly replicate the, the, the speed of an actual game? I mean, I, and I – Fill in those gaps for me, because that's something I still, I guess, I guess I still struggle with that notion. Um, probably not, but you know, from the standpoint of, and a bunch of coaches have explained this to me, and uh, uh, you know, one of the reasons they value joint practices more is because 
say the Eagles are struggling with red zone defense, um, you know, and they want to work on that or red zone offense, whatever, whatever you want to work on. You can go to the other coach and say, hey, we need to work on our red zone stuff. And you can set up a period uh, to work on it specifically. And if you're playing a game, you have to hope it happens. And, and then who's in the game? Is it you want to work it with your first teamers, not your second teamers, third teamers, so they can script practice to work on what they want to work on. That's why it's it's so much more valuable for them than rolling out the starters for a series or two. You know, in the old days, you would used to play the starters um, into the second half. Um, you, they basically play the first half, then the first series uh, of the third quarter, and then you would sit them in the third preseason game when you had four preseason games. And that was to try to replicate a game, to go in the locker room, come out of the locker room, get it as close as possible. But now, yeah, I mean, and and for years, there's a lot of old school guys who say you need preseason games, you need live reps, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, tackling has got worse and there's certain things that got worse, but that's also worse because they don't practice. You don't tackle and practice either. The Eagles have two live periods so far, maybe three, two or three, and it's all with the third team guys, the first and second team. They never see live periods ever until you get to the regular season. So, yeah, you're going to struggle in certain things, but, you know, then it was like it was like one of those epiphanies and – I give, I think it was Brian Billick. I give Brian Billick the credit for it. When he was talking about preseason with me one day, and he said, you know, college doesn't do it. Why do we have to do it? And I went, I never thought about that. <laughs> they just show up, they practice, they practice, and they show up and play. They don't have preseason games. And I never thought about it. Then it's obvious. But he's the one who brought it up to me, so I'm sure he's not the first, but right. I give him the credit in my life. But, um, yeah, I never thought about it before. I'm like, yeah, you're right. They don't do it. Why Why do people think you need preseason games? You bring up, you bring up a, a very interesting and valid point. You know, you uh, another thing you brought up that, that struck me was the fact that you know, the old school guys, you know, believe that you need to get the live reps, the game speed, so on and so forth. And that's translated to uh, tackling being uh, worse than it has been in the history of the NFL. You know, you can make an argument that defenses aren't as elite, as, aren't as elite as they used to be. As a matter of fact, um, it's really hard to be a shutdown corner, for example, in this league because you're not allowed to be as physical as you used to be, you know, with the NFL wanting you know, more higher scoring games and with the rules leaning more so towards the offense, it, you know, and, and, all those, and also the limited action you have in training camp and practice and so on and so forth, it tends to always favor the offense more so uh, than the defense. But today in training camp, I was reading your article on SI earlier. Uh, it seems like the defense was able to uh, get their lick back, so to speak, um, against the offense uh, today. So can you walk us through your observations of training camp 
and uh, also can you uh, walk us through uh, some of your standouts as well? Yeah, I don't know if they got the best. I think, you know, I think it was Jalen's worst day um, of training camp so far, Hmm. but, you know, they only went for an hour and 15 minutes. It was windy. Ball slipped out of his hands a couple of times. They were doing um, end of game drills. So, you know, almost desperation drills. So, you know, one of the things where you see these training camp statistics, they don't tell you the context. Like if it's fourth and 15 with 15 seconds left, you're supposed to throw the ball in the end zone, try to win the game. And sometimes it gets intercepted. That happened again today, Mm. uh, end of the game. So, and he probably would have been sacked anyway uh, before the interception. But so a lot of that is contextual and why the coaches hate when people do training camp stats, but um, because there's, you know, they don't know the objective of, particular drills and all that kind of stuff. But now the one thing I was interested with the defense is they, Sean Desai threw a lot of stuff out there today that was kind of weird. And I know Eagles fans, a lot of them don't like Jonathan Gannon and thought he was too uh, structured and vanilla or whatever. Um, And he got some weird stuff today. I don't know. You know, you had Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett lining up as drop linebackers um, in coverage. Um, you had four safeties on the field at one time uh, in that end of the game situation, which resulted in Justin Evans getting an interception. Um, or they might have blown the play dead, actually was kind of we were going back and forth because Janarius Robinson was probably going to have a sack anyway. But, um, yeah, a lot of it, it, Zach Cunningham and, and Miles Jack immediately in there getting uh, important reps. Um, Clay Ringo, I think, first time I saw him get a first-team rep in seven-on-sevens. Derek Barnett getting first-team reps. A lot of weird stuff going on. And, you know, it's that point where he's trying to figure out who can do what, what can they do. And that's what training camp is about. So that was interesting that he unveiled uh, some new stuff at, at this stage of the game. And this is the eighth practice. You add in the walkthroughs. So, they've installed their whole offense, their whole defense, and now they can sort of hammer down on what trying to figure out who can do what and what's going to be effective in certain situations. Yeah, absolutely. It makes you think, you know, how far along they are in terms of grasping uh, the new defensive concepts that Sean Desai is installing, but also uh, what's been your evaluation of the players in terms of how they've been receiving of Sean Desai as the D coordinator and also receiving um, the things he's trying to install on this defense. You know, I, I understand that they both Gannon and uh, Desai come from that Fangio uh, tree, but, you know, no leaf is the same as the other leaf. You know what I mean? So I'm curious. Yeah, well, that's the interesting. Jonathan does not come from the big Fangio tree. He just, oh, wow. he just saw it from afar. Oh, he's, and... he's, he's big Fangio inspired. 
Yes, inspired. Okay, got it, got it. And that's one thing. Sean Desai is a um, legitimate big Fangio disciple, um, and and you know, coached under him, learned from him, um, and he brings that up as you know. A lot of people, because a lot of people are playing big steep ends that never worked with big, and he's you know worked with them. So, um, if you're a big Pangio guy, and the Eagles obviously are, um, you know, you could say that's even better. Um, but you know, the Eagles played that defense the best of all the teams that played his defense last year. Nobody played it better than the Eagles. So, I, I mean. Could they be even better than that? I guess so. But, you know, where's the – are they going to be number one on defense instead of number two? Are they going to have 71 sacks instead of 70? Are they going to win the Super Bowl or come up just short? Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That's your margin of error. Um, that's pretty tough to duplicate. So I do expect them to take a step back statistically. Remember, they're also replacing five starters. Um, but, you know, maybe the fans will be ha- – I, I, I say Sean decides better at branding, I describe it. He, mm. you know, he coached at Temple. Um, I think he understands the city better. Uh, I think he'll frame things better, and we'll see if it works. We talked about we briefly talked about Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham, uh, you know, being you know plugged in as well. I'm curious to know, you know, what was your thoughts on how they looked? Um, I was I was reading that Miles Jack got some opportunities with the first team. Uh, you know, what's been your evaluation of those guys and how, and how they fit in? It's, uh, and also, it's only been one day, so so much has to transpire. But And also, within the COVID-19 now, those guys are going to obviously obviously get more reps, and we're going to see various combinations of Morrow, Ellis, um, you know, Cunningham, uh, Jack, so on and so forth. Uh, but by your estimation, how are those guys fitting in? How did they respond to Sean Desai throwing the kitchen sink at everyone? Well, it's it's one day. Right. Know, I mean, now it was interesting to me, you know, Zach Cunningham started out on the second team with Sean Bradley. Was Nicholas Morrow, Christian Ellis to start, the guys that were here. Uh, then it was um, Zach Cunningham and Sean Bradley. So Zach was ahead of Miles Jack. 
That was Miles Jack and Ben Van Sumeren on the third team. Um, but then Miles got some first team reps with Morrow in what seemed like obvious passing situations. So it's just a guess, but it seems that they think Cunningham is better against the run. Jack is mm-hmm. better against the pass. And maybe they're piecemeal it like that. Um, and all of this is next in Kobe when he gets back. So maybe on early downs, they play Zach. And maybe on passing downs, they play Miles. Um, but again, this is one day, you know. And it, I was thinking about this, and I mentioned it um, with Jody um, and on some other shows. Back in 2016, um, which was Doug Peterson's first year, Jim Schwartz's first year, um, the Eagles brought in Stephen Tulloch, who if people remember him, was a very good linebacker with Tennessee and Detroit with Jim Schwartz. And we said at the time, we're like, oh, Schwartz got Tulloch. This is going to be... You know, this guy's going to be relevant on the defense. And he wasn't because he had nothing left. You know, he's a very good player who had nothing left. Um, I don't know if Zach Cunningham and Miles Shaq have anything left. This league is a fast-moving league. Um, They were on the street until August. What's today? August Uh, 7th. August 6th, you know, nobody was banging down their doors. Um, this, this league moves very, very quickly. So it's conceivable there's Stephen Tulloch as well. Um, and if that's the case, you know, I think Howie will keep looking. But, you know, it's worth a roll of the dice at this point because you don't want to go into a season with – Nicobe Dean, Nicholas Morrow, Christian Ellis as your top three linebackers. So with so many unknowns in that linebacker room, man, it seems like the Eagles are back to square one. You know, there was a there was a, a period where linebacker was one of the biggest liabilities. And then you had maybe a two year period with TJ Edwards where he provided stability at that position. And then Hyrule Roseman decides that no, it's in the best interest of the organization for them not to resign him. And then they bring in, then then they elevate Kobe Dean. They bring in Anthony Morrow. They bring in Miles Jack, Zach Cunningham. You know they have Christian Ellis as an undrafted free agent. But I'm trying to figure out what's the best case scenario for this team right now for this linebacker room, especially with with so many unknowns. Well, the best is Nickobe's a really good player, and then you um, find a. Kaiser White type, who's just, you know, a decent compliment. And you kind of replicate what you had last year. Really good player and a, a, a competent player. Um, and the more swings you got at it, it could be Zach Cunningham. It could be Miles Jack. It might be Christian Ellis. It might be Nick Morrow. Um, you know. But <laughs> as and how we said this a couple years ago, not the first one, but hope is not a strategy. And I think I've said it pretty consistently. They, 
I agree for the most part that it was I talked Clay Harbor was a practice uh this week, the former Eagles tight end, and um he um lives in Chicago's big Bears fan. Um was at Bears camp as well, and he was talking about how good the Bears off-ball linebackers are compared to the Eagles off-ball linebackers. Well, they damn well should be because they spent $100 million on off-ball linebackers. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds. That's a lot of money just for for the linebackers. I'm sorry. That's a lot of money. Yeah, and T.J. Edwards. Um, So, you know, the Bears aren't a good team. They're not a good organization. They haven't been for a while. Maybe they're starting to turn things around. Um, but it doesn't make sense to spend that much money on all-ball linebackers. However, you know, if you're just grading that little sliver of the Bears against the Eagles, the Bears are better. So what's the sweet spot then, right? I'm, gl- I'm glad we're here. What's the sweet, what's the sweet spot cap wise when it comes to spending money on your linebackers? Obviously, the Eagles <clears> are clearly on the far on the far side of the spectrum when it comes to not spending money on linebackers. The Bears have completely went neck deep into spending all this money on the linebackers. hundred million dollars is a lot of damn money, John. So, what's the sweet spot for a team when it comes to building that linebacker room? What's optimal for a team in twenty twenty three in this modern NFL? Well, I, you know, if you would have told me before free agency, uh, because, you know, friend of the show, Brad Spielberger, who um, a friend of, of Birds 365, who's pretty much the best cap guy out there that's not working in the league. Um, he had projected TJ getting, it was nine or 10 million a year um, on a three year deal after the season he had um he got six and a half you know if you would have told me that before free agency all right tj's getting six and a half i said oh he'll he'll be back he'll be back and um then you just replace kaiser white with nicobe dean and if that happened you're fine we're not even talking that made the most sense to me that felt like the most natural transition at least getting the Kobe Dean on the field and allowing him to develop properly yeah. next to someone you know who has the experience we're not even talking about this as an issue if they did that now I would say TJ grew up in Chicago well, suburbs of Chicago he's a bear he was a Bears fan growing up growing up maybe he just wanted to play for him maybe the Eagles did want to bring him back I haven't heard that. But, um, and and there are other things that can factor into it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Bears have gone too far in one direction. The Eagles have gone too far in the other direction. But guess what? The Eagles are the Super Bowl contenders. So, you know, if if you're sitting here in February and you're saying, the Eagles got upset in the divisional round or the NFC championship game or whatever, you know, and the linebackers are just terrible. It's going to hurt a little bit, I would imagine, because they've gone, they've taken it too far. Before we get out of here, I want to, co- I'm going to cover some lighter topics with you. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, and he made the NFL top 100 list for the first time in his very, very young career. 
Uh, last year, he wasn't on the list at all. Um, had a very, I would say, average season, all things considered. Managed to get the team to the playoffs with a 9-8 record. Then he just catapulted his game to an entirely new level, and he was able to not only make the top 100, but also he was ranked number three by the votes of his peers. Uh, what was your instant reaction when you saw that not only him well, making mine, the list, but being assume, number three? My, what was your instant reaction to that? Well, if you've listened to my show, and you have, Tone, because you have to, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the who cares camp. I don't give a <laughs> shit about any list. Um, you know, Carson Wentz was, oh, number, Carson Wentz was number three. In 2018, right. Look, I've been in a locker room where the guys vote on this. I, I tell the story all the time. Every year, they come around. And they hand out these little papers. I, I send out a picture. I tweet every year. They spend about we're, we're we're thirty minutes plus into this show. They spend about maybe one fifth of that filling out this list. Wow! They scribble names down and but what it does like and don't so get is, me wrong. So what is that about six minutes? Yeah. <laughs> And don't get me wrong. I mean, Jalen had a tremendous year. He's runner-up. It, it means a lot to uh, be recognized by your peers, and he's very popular in the league. Um, and, you know, it's great. You can't say he's disrespected for one day. But, you know, the same people, and I brought this up, you know, Nick Bosa was four, and a lot of Eagles fans got upset because Hassan Reddick was whatever he was. I don't even. I couldn't even tell you in the 30s, 40s, whatever. And they'll say, well, Hassan outplayed Nick Bosa in the NFC Championship game. You can't have it both ways. You either like the list or you don't like the list. But list in general, if you don't like it, go to the next one. Or make your own list, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I'm curious, you know, would you care if you made it top three? in the uh, top 100 of NFL journalist list. But you, would you care then, John? Depends <laughs> Depends who's making the list. Um, a list um, amongst your peers. And, it, and, it, and, if they, and if they take it seriously or not. Like Jimmy Kemsky did top um, – uh, the for those who don't know, the Eagles um, – and I hate when Jimmy does this shit, but – he, he did a couple years ago, did the, the Eagles beat is very competitive and he did top face off question winners. He, he rated us all by how many face off questions we won. And I finished first and people said, are you excited that you finished first? And I'm like, no, that just says I'm the biggest asshole of the group because I keep charging ahead. Um, and 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 win more question face-offs than most people. So I no. wish I could be a fly on the wall for John being his natural element, you know, being in those press rooms. I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall just seeing John is throwing bows, just trying to get his question off. No, it's not like that. But you know, basically. <laughs> um and and by the way, I'm surprised. I don't I don't think I should be number one. I think I should I, I'm top five, but I don't think Okay, I like that, John. The confidence, I like it. I like it. I, I, you know, I don't think I should be number. But anyway, um, it's a goofy list, and a bunch of people are like, "Hey, Kemsky put you number one." I'm like, "Oh, thanks, thanks, Jimmy." 
I, I appreciate it, but yeah, who cares? So Still, for the record, I'm you very guys, consistent. So for the record, you guys, John is top five, and he's not number five. Just know that. Just know that for a fact, okay? He he said it, not me. So I wasn't top five <laughs> today. I was talking to Jamal Singleton. I couldn't get a question in to save my life. So it it depends, you know. Sometimes you know if your Jalen Hurts didn't have his best day. Sometimes you don't have your fastball. You win some and you lose some, but you live. You live to fight another day. So, John, before we get out of here, final question of the evening. Uh, who would you give your game ball to on offense for the Philadelphia Eagles in training camp today, and who would you give it to on defense? Uh, offense, I'm going to give it to, you know, because he's had a really uh, bad camp, and he really – by far had his best day today. I'm going to give it to backup quarterback Marcus Mariota. Uh-huh. He was, and, and I think part of it had to do with Josh Andrews being there. And they put Cameron Tom at center on the third team, and those guys were snapping the ball well, which is something Brett Toth and uh, Julian Good-Jones have not been doing. And that is kind of – you know, when you have a crappy snap and a shotgun – even if you get it, it throws off the timing of the play. I think that's one of the reasons um, why Marcus had been performing poorly. And he, he, he got some nice snaps today, and he played a lot better. So I thought that was a positive. Uh, defensively, um, I'm going to go with Reed Blankenship. He ended the practice with an interception, and he's just been rock solid, man. That guy's just takes every first team rep, doesn't make mistakes. He's he's going to be a good player. You know, another undrafted guy. The Eagles deserve credit for finding him, but um, it's amazing. You know, we talk about reps. You know, he was a five year starter in college, and you can tell. Guys just played a lot of football. And he knows what to do. Um, you know, so Sidney Brown's the great athlete, got this tremendous burst, but he makes a lot of mistakes. And Reed's just, he knows what he's doing, especially Can't for a young player. Can't argue with that at all, John. So uh, before we get out of here, can you inform the people on what you have coming up? on jacobsports.com and sa.com. And also, can you uh, fill us in on the rest of this week's uh, practice schedule for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, They're practicing tomorrow, and they moved it to uh, Lincoln Financial Field. uh, But that does not mean you can go. Uh, It's not open to fans, um, except, you know, by invitation only with their season ticket holders, sponsors. So they want to make sure they make that clear. They don't want people showing up uh, at the stadium uh, thinking it's an open practice. Uh, but they are going to practice in the stadium uh, tomorrow. And then they practice again Thursday. Will you guys be invited to that uh, Lincoln Financial Field practice? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, they have to open it to the media. Otherwise, they would not. But, yeah, they have to. Um, yeah, so they practice at Lincoln Financial Field. Thursday, they're back at the Novacare Complex. Um, and then they're off Friday. The game is Saturday in Baltimore. 23 consecutive games. The Ravens have won 
in the preseason, the greatest streak in professional sports, I like to call it. Um, that is and, such a hey, weird stat. I'm sorry. That is such a weird stat. Tanner McKee and Joseph Nada, baby, time to step up and break the streak. All um, right. Yeah. And Josh Sills, uh, uh, check it out at jacobsports.com. He spoke today, obviously, very controversial situation, but, you know, the allegations, very serious allegations. He was right. acquitted. He's back. Um, and the Eagles, they're going to give him a chance because, you know, they could have not provided him to the media, cut him next week, and have been done with it. Um, the fact that, you know, he's going to get an opportunity to prove he belongs on this team. And I know some people aren't going to agree with that, but legal system isn't perfect, but that's all you can rely on from the Eagle standpoint. And that's sort of what they did. And he was acquitted. So he's back. There you have you guys. So if you want more content from John, if you want more from Jacob sports, make sure you guys subscribe to the Jacob sports YouTube channel and also check John out on jacobsports.com that's j-a-k-i-b sports.com and you can also check them out on si.com as well make sure you guys smash that like button make sure you guys continue to stay engaged in the content and if you're watching this after the fact we didn't forget you guys okay make sure you guys comment below and comment on the show we really appreciate all the all the input you guys provided it really means a lot to me so uh again stay locked in you guys you guys were locked in on football 24 7 i'm your guy tony shows the second and i was here with our eagles insider john mcmullen take care you guys the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done